what the Christian life is, is it's learning to receive, and then out of that we give. So it's learning to receive in this relationship with God, his love, his mercy, his grace, and his truth. Mm -hmm. So it's not all grace, no truth. It's grace and truth. And so we receive that from God, and as we receive it, and as we're filled up with it, then we give that away to other people. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives, and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a minute since we've done this podcast. This is the beginning of season five. So good to be back. Chad, you're looking tanner than ever. You had a a little bit of away time uh, this summer. You want to talk to us a little bit about what you did for your summer vacation, Chad? You think I'm looking tan? Yeah, a little bit. That's because I hiked this morning. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Arizona for you. We got got invited to go to uh, some friends, got some tickets to Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been my wife's lifelong dream. And so they hosted us. We went to Wimbledon. It was amazing. Katrina walks in, and uh, we went through this area. She's looking at center court, and she just starts to tear up. It was like this most wonderful thing. At the end of the day, she's like, this is one of the best days of my life. And I'm like, hey, you remember that time, that day we got married? Uh-huh. Um, like, you remember when our the, chil- the birth of our children? Children were born, right? She was like, I said one of, one yeah. of the best days yeah. of my life. So that's where I've been. And you don't really get tan in London, but I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Well, you're looking great. You're looking rested. Uh, so you. while you were in London, because I, I really do want to start here with our, our podcast. While you were in London, uh, you saw Les Mis. Yes, I did, Robert. Which the last time we were there, we saw that together. I was the awkward third wheel. It was Chad, Katrina, and then Robert hanging out. It was a special guys. moment for us all. It was. And so Chad sent me a picture of he and Katrina, and I was a, I was a little bit sad, a little bit jealous. But uh, we were talking about Les Mis. Anybody who's not a musical person that's listening to the podcast, watching the podcast, uh, in my opinion, it's the greatest musical of all time. Hands down, without question, it's the Michael Jordan of musicals. Yes. So do yourself a favor. uh, Maybe don't go watch the Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe. We're talking about that one. Go find one of the (laughs) like original productions or whatever and watch that if you can watch that. Or better yet, go to a theater and watch it. Well, let's be pastors for a second. Mm -hmm. If you want to understand grace. Yep. And its effect on somebody's life versus rules, um, watch Les Mis. Rules without relationship always ends badly. Yeah. Um, but rules with relationship in the context of grace is a beautiful thing. And Les Mis just paints that picture so well. I think what makes any great story a great story is it's rooted in the Bible. It's rooted in the the history of mankind and, and what God has put into motion. And so that's why I think this is the greatest musical, because it really is. It's the story of the Bible. It's the story of law, and it's the story of grace and this great collision that happens between these, these two things. I'm going to confess something real quick. My second favorite musical is Hamilton. And when I first saw it, I was so excited. You know how there's like, Sometimes people, well-meaning, will say something, but it's kind of a backhanded compliment. Like once in a while, people say, Robert, you're going to be a great pastor one day. Uh, Backhanded compliment. Um, You are a great pastor today, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I did – unintentionally, I did a backhanded compliment. I tweeted out to uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda who wrote it. I said, man – this is the second greatest musical. <laughs> and then I went to explain, like, you know, this was really, it's a story of forgiveness, which, again, it's a key theme of the Bible. Love that about Hamilton, uh, but still Les Mis is number one. So I can't believe I actually tweeted that out to him. But, yeah, that was my backhanded compliment. So this time you're did, watching did the he, show. Wait a second. Did he respond? Absolutely not. Neither would I. I would have been like, man, 
second best. Like he's getting all the. This is when he's winning, you know, Tony Awards and all that or whatever. And that's funny. Yeah, and I'm. Hey, well, we missed you, man. We we were uh, we were back in that theater watching it, and you weren't there. And yeah, all right. So we sent you a text. So talk about the moment because there was thing. a moment this time that you were watching it. The moment that that you had kind of an emotional response during Les Mis. Oh yeah. Well, I I uh, you know real men cry at musicals. <laughs> So let me just throw that out there. Real secure, man. Uh, if you have never seen Les Mis and you watch it um, and you know Jesus, it, it will have an effect on you. Um, but there, there's been different moments in the in the story as it's told that um, there's different moments that affected me differently the different times I've seen it. But this time, thank you, Robert, for bringing this up. Um, People need to know that Chad has feelings, and you're very in touch. With these yeah, feelings. I'm not dead inside. Uh, it's it's when the it's when the priest is giving Jean Valjean the candlesticks. Uh, quick spoiler alert: so Jean Valjean is prisoner two four six zero one, who went to prison for stealing a loaf of bread to feed his nephew. And is that right? Feed his nephew. Uh, that you Sister's went a little son. deep on it. Yes. Yeah, I, guess, I think yeah, that's that right. Yeah, it's his nephew. Anyway, anyway, so bottom line is he served his time. Now he's trying to get work. Nobody's offering second chance employment. And because all his paperwork says he's a criminal. That's right. Mm-hmm. He has to show this card that says uh, he was in jail. Um, so he steals from a priest. The Who cop- welcomes him into his house. So he's on the street, had nowhere to live, no work. And this guy says, hey, you can stay here, feeds him. And then he uh, he decides, I'm going to I'm gonna steal all this silver and, and use that to, to survive on. He gets arrested. Uh, they take him back to the priest so the priest can press charges. And the priest says, no, this man is my friend. Uh, the silver was a gift and you forgot the most expensive part of the gift, these, these candlesticks. And this is this overwhelming act of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cops leave, and then the priest sings this song. I'm going to tear up right now, man. <laughs> the priest sings this song, um, and he's saying, don't, don't waste the grace that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Um, use this—I'm going to tear up. Use this grace uh, to change your life. And uh, he, in essence, says, you know, pay it forward. But I'm, I'm watching the priest sing this over this man. Uh, you know, here at the church, we're starting these ministries in a couple of prisons. Uh, I have a good friend of mine who's building a business around uh, second chance employment. And it was just this overwhelming reality again for me about how beautiful the amazing grace of Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I believe with everything that I am that the best gift that the church can give the world is grace because grace is what makes Jesus different. Yeah. The world needs rules and, and that's part of it. But rules in the context of grace is life changing. That's right. So, yeah, it was just this beautiful picture. Go see Les Mis and earn points on your man card, all you dudes <laughs> out there. As you tear up. Yeah. So there there is this view of church. There is this view of God, of the Bible, and it, and it's not – it comes from how the church has interacted with society throughout the years. It comes from our own family of origin. It comes from our own interactions with people who who say that they're Christians. But there's this view out there that the church is all about rules. It's all about law, uh, and, and it's actually about it's about God's God's grace. And and it's in the context of relationship that God's not inviting us to religion. He's inviting us to relationship. One of the things that that makes Sun Valley, I, I believe, unique is. We talk about this all the time. It's not just uh, once in a while, oh, yeah, it's about grace and all that. But we talk about the relation 
the relational aspect of, of what it means to follow Jesus and what God has offered to us. Talk to us a little bit about um, why, why is it that as a church, we're constantly talking about in the end, all that matters is God and people, love God, love people, rules without relationship lead to rebellion, relational theology, kind of walk us through the journey uh, that, that got us to where we are as a, as a church. Well, I, um, well, in all honesty, I mean, all cards on the table, no reservation, totally blunt. Um, we talk about that a lot because that's what scripture is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's been part of my personal journey with God and, and what he's taught me. Um, and God, in his sense of humor, you know, allows us to lead here at Sun Valley. And so our ministry and the culture of it is a reflection of who we are mm-hmm. and, and what God has done um, in our in our lives, um, I grew up in a church that was hellfire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a church that um, it was about the rules, and uh, if you didn't feel horrible when you left service that day, it just wasn't a good uh-huh. good sermon. You yep. know, it, it just wasn't good, and you you always felt bad. You never changed anything. Yeah. But, you know, and then you then you sign up to go on another guilt trip the following yep. week, and that that was kind of the the church experience. And then um, when I was 19, um, going on 20, um, I was having these philosophical discussions with a friend. Now, real quick on your philosophical discussions, would you say that at at that age you were in a deconstruct mode when it came to your faith? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I Which was, I think is common. I think there's a lot of people that grow up in church, grow up around faith, and at some point they go, do I really believe this? Is this really true? And they, they start to kind of deconstruct. Um, some people stay there, and then some people actually start to reconstruct. Uh, but you were in deconstruct stage at, at 19. Yeah, it seems like in modern time, it's coming a little later. Mm-hmm. People are doing it in their early 30s, uh, mid-30s. But um, yeah, I was going through a season of do I believe this just because this is what mom and dad taught me and this is all I know, or or do I really believe this? And so in the New Testament, I'll quote a verse, um, two verses, John 17, two and three, Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, uh, I have come that they may have eternal life. And he's talking about future believers. He's talking about you and me. He says, I have come that they may have eternal life. And then he defines what that is. He says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I'm reading that verse. I always thought eternal life was a destination. Eternal life was, you know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Streets of gold, pearly gates, that's eternal life. But then I'm reading the Bible. I'm going to quote Jesus again. And it says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And it clicked with me. Eternal life is not a destination. Eternal life is a relationship, Mm -hmm. Um, which means life, the way God offers it um, is relationship with him. The the, the whole goal of the Christian life is is not to get to a destination. Mm -hmm. The whole goal of the Christian life is to know God. Mm -hmm. And so heaven uh, is about knowing God, um, and we can experience heavenly things in the here and now, 
in our relationship with God. And it, it just kind of flipped the switch. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, um, the stories in the Old Testament I read began to make sense because I was seeing them through that relational filter. I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Testament is all about relationships. Um, the great commandment is relational. Jesus said, all the law and all the prophets, all the teachings of the Bible hang on these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's relational. And the second is likened to the first, love your neighbor as yourself. That's relational. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you look at the symbol of the cross, picture a cross in your mind, vertical, that's about right relationship with God, and then horizontal, right relationship with others. That's the great commandment in a symbol. Um, so yeah, the whole thing is about relationship, relationship with God, relationship with people. Yeah. You mentioned scripture. So uh, how do we get there? Well, the Bible. And I, I think for some people, they look at, you know, they zoom in. If you were to picture the, all, all of scripture in front of you, you, you zoom in on one part and you go, oh man, it's about rules. Mm-hmm. Or you can zoom in on one part and go, oh, it's about judgment. Um, but if you zoom out and you look at the context of all of scripture and, and what is the big story that's being told here and, and to your point, uh, what does Jesus say is the definition of eternal life? What mm-hmm. does Jesus say is the definition of heaven? And even in Revelation, the the end of this story, which is a beginning, middle, new beginning, uh, it's okay. God creates this perfect setting for us where God's dwelling with Adam and Eve, and we mess it up. But then God's working to redeem it and restore it, and and it ends with what makes heaven heaven is God's dwelling with His people, and and He's their God, and and they're His people, and and it's this beautiful picture of this new heaven, new earth. Um, that's the big story. That's the big picture. And if we zoom in and we cut out the rest of it, we can tell ourselves a different story. Just like if somebody listened to a podcast and you took maybe one sentence, one clip out of the context of the podcast, you might be able to say, "Oh, you know, Chad thinks this or whatever," and and it's out of context. And so, understanding all of Scripture helps paint that picture clearer of what's the big story, what what's going on here, and it makes a lot of sense of what you're reading all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. Well, the beauty of our time is we can see Scripture uh, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And what Scripture is, is the unveiling revelation of the nature of, of God, the character of God, and the plan of God uh, to redeem the world. And we, we get to see that entire plan. And so, sometimes you look at things in the Old Testament and we're like, how could God do that? Well, that's because they're only seeing one little sliver of mm-hmm. of the story, and they don't realize that without that, there's no cross, you know, down mm-hmm. here on the other end. There's no redemption. There's no resurrection. There's there's no Jesus. That, that revelation culminates in the person of Jesus. If mm-hmm. you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. And so, um, yeah, but the whole book is, is relational. The whole book is God... Um, working out his plan of redemption because he loves mankind. Um, it's a relational book. I mean, there's there's no getting around it. Um, and we have to see it through that relational filter. So let's let's shift gears here a little bit. So when it comes to we're, – we're talking a lot about relationship with God and kind of the big story of Scripture and really what eternal life is. When it comes to our relationships with people, because Jesus says – all the law, all the prophets hang on these commands. You love God and you love people. What does loving people have to do with loving God? What, what's the connection between these, these two different ideas? Or are they two different ideas? Well, if you, if you compress mm-hmm. uh, all the teachings of Jesus, uh, all the teachings of the New Testament, what the Christian life is, is it's learning to receive 
and then out of that we give. So it's learning to receive in this relationship with God, his love, his mercy, his grace, and his truth. Mm -hmm. So it's not all grace, no truth. It's grace and truth. And so we receive that from God, and as we receive it and as we're filled up with it, then we give that away to other people. Um, One of the biggest mistakes the church has made as a whole is we receive truth and deliver truth, Mm -hmm. and we forget grace. Mm -hmm. And then some people receive grace and just deliver grace with no truth, and and you've got to have have both. Um, The more mature you are in your relationship with Jesus— the more like Jesus you will be. So the irony is, and again, big mistake in the church, there's a lot of people that have a lot of information, Mm -hmm. but they have no understanding. Uh, A mature believer is somebody that looks and reflects the character of of Jesus. So if you know somebody that knows a lot of scripture, but they're a jerk, you know, or they're a jerk on Jesus's behalf, uh, no, they're not. Uh, because the more that you get to know God in the context of relationship, the more that you're humbled by his grace in your mm-hmm. life and the more loving and forgiving you are to other people. Uh, you're also more passionate about truth and righteousness. It's just you deliver it in the context of grace. It, 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 just, it just changes things. Yeah. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with a, a guy who's interested in, in getting into vocational ministry. So anybody who's a believer, you're in ministry. That's That's what the Bible teaches that we all. Yeah. Can are, you follow Jesus and not give and serve? Yeah. That's part of following Jesus is we're all in ministry, but he wants to get into vocational ministry. And so I had the conversation with him that I've had with uh, countless others where, okay, if you're going to do that, cause he's thinking, I just need to go to Bible college. I mm-hmm. need to go to seminary. I mm-hmm. need to go get the information and, and I'm going to do this long plan. I said, okay, the mistake is a lot of people go down that path, but there's no, nothing put into practice. It's all just academic. And, and the Bible teaches that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. You want to put that into practice. So if you're going to do academia, you also want to volunteer at the same time. So you can apply what you're learning in that context and you, you can balance out that, that grace and truth. Or some people go, I'm just going to go serve, but they don't understand, you know, what, what does the Bible actually teach? They don't have any kind of biblical training or anything. And so they'll lead, you know, whether it's they're leading students or whatever, and they don't have any kind of biblical basis or they're misusing scripture. It's like, okay, you want to, you want to balance those things with each other. And it's the same idea as grace and truth that we want to know the truth. Because uh, the truth sets us free. The truth helps us to live free. Uh, but we also want to experience the grace and and look at whatever's going on in our own lives and look at the Bible as a mirror, not as binoculars, instead of using it to, to try and judge everybody else. And so there's a balance to those things. Yeah. So Christian maturity, just to put a bow on this, is relational. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian maturity uh, is about loving God and loving people. Um, we think it's about memorization or we think it's about, to your point, knowledge. But it, it really is about how we treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is about um, how we handle the relationships in our, in our lives. It's, it's, it's always interesting to me because so we have an enemy, that's the devil, and he wants to rob from us. He wants to kill our lives and steal from us. And uh, he, he's, a, he's a liar. But what he's after is he wants to break up your relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is marriage so important? Well, you're not going to learn more about Jesus in any other relationship than you're going to learn in the context of marriage. Because in marriage, you, you have to die so the other person can live. I mean, marriages that are good are about two people giving and serving. Mm-hmm. And marriage is like this massive, uh, Lord willing, lifelong classroom 
where you learn how to, how to follow Jesus. Uh, parenting. I mean, I thought I was selfish when I got married. Mm-hmm. And then there was this kid that wakes me up in the middle of the night and then poops himself and I got to go clean it up, right? And, and I realized, oh man, I really am selfish. Uh, parenting. And uh, I had you, another kid. <laughs> and it turns out you were even more I selfish had two, than and you realized. You got yeah. like 18 of them. <laughs> um, yeah, but you, you just realize um, how tall the order actually is when, when Jesus evaluates our lives. He's not going to ask us how many verses did we have memorized. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about did you give, did you serve, did you share? Did you follow me? Uh, did you help those who were in, in need? Um, we, we have the wrong scorecard. Mm-hmm. Um, God's scorecard's relational. Uh, if you don't hear anything else in the podcast today, just wrap your mind around that. This, mm-hmm. this whole endeavor is relational. What always blows my mind, so I, I was just in the UK, right? And there's this history of, of monks and monasteries and, you know, good wine. <laughs> Mead comes from some of that. But what I never understood is, especially when you understand the relational aspect of, of what God has done and is doing, I never said this aspect that you would totally separate yourself from the world mm-hmm. and just go live over here in isolation that you would never talk. Um, it's like the complete opposite of what the Bible actually says. We, we spiritualize goofy things mm-hmm. uh, because the real thing's hard. Yeah. Uh, marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. Being a good friend is hard. The world is messy. It's broken. Vow of silence might be easier than parenting. Absolutely. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I wish in our house we don't take a vow of That's silence. Right. <laughs> and my guess is my wife wishes I would take one. But um, when we learn to receive the love, the mercy, and the grace, the truth of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, and when we start giving that away to other people, the world changes. Uh, forgiveness. Oh, my gosh. Forgiveness is such a big deal to Jesus. Well, so— I mean, that's that's one example of the relational reality of mm-hmm. what it means to follow him. You got to forgive. It's a command. So I was going to ask you this question because I, I, there's not a person listening that doesn't have tension in a relationship somewhere. Everybody's going to have these tensions in relationships, whether it's, you know, somebody's just a frustrating personality or a challenge or there's hurt or whatever it is. So how do we, when we, when we sense tensions in our relationships, how do we apply the grace and the truth of Jesus in our lives into those relationships? And I think you're, you're hitting on it right now with the, the forgiveness side. Well, first of all, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Mm-hmm. So we're not God, we're human beings. Um, and we are commanded to forgive but it's up to you whether or not you're going to trust somebody again. Mm-hmm. But to forgive is to cancel the debt. It's to say, you don't owe me anymore. So somebody owes us their faithfulness. They weren't faithful. Somebody owes us the truth. They lied to us. Uh, somebody owes us um, their, their love, their attention. But mom and dad left and didn't fulfill their duty as a parent. You know, there, there's all of those kinds of things. So to forgive is to cancel the, the debt. But then Jesus says, you know, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. There's a flow to that, which means I received the forgiveness of God in my own life. He's canceled the debt because I've sinned against him numerous times and will again. Forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. There's a flow to, to forgiveness. So I receive it from God and I give it away to other people. And then he tells the story and he says, oh, by the way, if you don't forgive people, you won't experience my forgiveness. I mean, it's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the context of the conversation today, we'll talk more about forgiveness in the future. 
the whole thing's relational. Mm-hmm. We have got to wrap our minds around that. Uh, eternal life is about knowing God. Uh, and in knowing God, the more you know him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the more you'll obey him and trust him. And the more that you obey him and trust him, the more that his character will rub off on you and the more that you'll love people correctly. Yeah. It, it's this constant relational wheel that we're on. Um, and the more that we get to know him, the more that we see what he sees, the more that we see what he sees, the more that we do what he says, and the more his character is reflected in our lives. The whole thing's relational. That's good. Well, we're going to pause here because we're going to continue this in, in future podcasts, but we're going to be unpacking what does this actually look like in different types of relationships. Uh, I'm really excited for what what we have coming up in the, the coming weeks. Uh, one thing we're going to do different too, the podcast is going to be coming out every week instead of every other week in this season. And so I hope you guys will like, subscribe, share if this is helpful. And, uh, and we're going to get into it in, uh, in season number five here. Yeah. Today's a little more theological. So, okay, here's what you remember today. The Christian life's relational, relationship with God, relationship with people. Over the next few weeks, uh, we'll get down into the nitty-gritty practically. How does that play out in marriage and parenting and friendship uh, at work, uh, those kinds of things. And um, I really th- think if you'll go on the journey with us, it'll be helpful. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.